0: Yeah, I think I just wanted to kind of start from the beginning, and um, yeah, maybe you can tell us about how Kelly Fox Wines started and what the background story is, and what led you to natural wine.
1: Right. Okay. So uh, that's uh, a big question. It's hard to have a very incisive uh, um, uh, answer to that because um, the the path was not linear. <laughs> like most paths.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so th- I'm going to back, go backwards from those serious questions. So uh, I am definitely considered my my work is, con- is accepted by a lot of the pe- natural wine world. Uh, I don't use that label, really. It's okay to use it, but I don't declare that. Um, uh, so for instance, when I go and... Uh, visit accounts elsewhere my wines are all over the world I don't introduce myself as I'm natural winemaker Kelly Fox okay that, you know what I mean like but I'm just letting you know I don't know um but so um why, how did I start this well the, the short of it is that, that my dad um uh, started this for me <laughs> because um I had been a winemaker for uh, six years up to that point point. And um, for other people, and um, as a woman during those times, it, it wasn't like now or even in the past ten years. But uh, he thought it would be nice for me to get credit for my work, and and I I was so overworked. I was a single mother. I was so poor. Uh, I mean, there were times where I was sleeping on a blow up swimming pool raft. I was so poor, which is. Um, you know, fine, it was my choice, which is, I'm lucky to have a choice to choose not to go down the money path and all that comes with it. And I'm very lucky that that was a choice that I made, when whereas for many people is absolutely not a choice in, in our uh, colonial capitalist society. But anyway, I have to also qualify that, right? Because I'm, it's not, oh, poor me, you know, I was mm-hmm. oppressed type of thing. It was not uh but i uh, a long time ago i i chose to not uh be a, a servant to money and to all that comes with it and to, to to do the things that uh women often needed to do to access money outside inheriting it from their families does that make sense yeah so you need me to just answer it very clearly so um so the short of it is that my father have, uh capitalized a tiny production while i was uh gosh it was 07. So um, I was already the winemaker at Scott Paul Wines. And so I continued being a um, winemaker at Scott Paul Wines. And then also um, had a lot of support from the the owner uh, to start my own. But it was never this thing that a lot of people were doing at the time where it's, oh, yeah, I'm the winemaker here, but I really want to have my own business with my name on it and really express myself and make wines that I like. Like, There was a lot of that going on but for me it was I did it very reluctantly and nervously because I just didn't have any more spiritual emotional physical financial resources to to give to any one more thing Mm -hmm. but looking back on it I'm so glad that he had the vision to do that and the and to really help me get started in that way so uh after about it was just like 100 cases uh from Marsh uh Farm, Marsh Vineyard and Momtazi Vineyard. And then that was it. And uh within a couple of years, um uh, uh I started um investing more into my little winery through cash sales. So I had no credit line and no no one was funding me. So and I made very little money as a winemaker. So I gra- gradually sold a little bit, put it back in and grew and grew and with the partnering with um uh uh, my relationships with uh, Marsh Vineyard and Montazzi Vineyard, they allowed me terms that would allow, uh, allow me to grow bit by bit by bit. And so by 2014, I was making 750 cases. Wow. And then uh, by 2015, uh, I did get lending um, and uh, was able to grow to 2,000 cases wow. with a lot of debt, <laughs> right? Equipment, loan, and credit line. right is very expensive. And so is farming, um, as you know. Um, and then, and now, uh, since 2016, 2017, I've been doing about well, over 3000 cases, about 3,400, 3 to three thirty four hundred cases. So, um, wow. Uh, you no, know, it, and it, I just didn't fall from the sky into wine. Um, mm-hmm. it, um, I, uh, I did spend five years of my childhood in the Netherlands and through living there and living, you know, in that place, that country, um, I was introduced to wine uh, through my parents. Uh, it was on our tables. It was a part of our life, like food, food, and wine. It, was, it wasn't a deal. It wasn't this like, yeah. you know, Oh, here's uncle Henry with his first growth Bordeaux. And I never went back. Like it was nothing like yeah. that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it was just normal. Life. Mm-hmm. And so I just always um liked it. Like even in college. Um uh, well, you know, when yeah, I did drink beer sometimes, uh with all my dad's Texaco card. <laughs> <laughs> uh but mostly I <laughs> took a lot of mushrooms and uh drank cheap wine Boy. and drugs. It felt nice. good. <laughs> a lot of mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah, at the time, I you know, I'm old, a lot older than you, and um, I had uh, ran around a really cool crowd that opened a lot of portals for me, and I was ready for it. And 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 when I mean portal, I mean all of them, like all different kinds. Um, and um, uh, one uh, book that I read that really opened many at once was Teachings of Don Juan by Carlos Castaneda. Mm-hmm. So I was in the whole, like, uh, quest thing as a side plot of me being a young intellectual which yeah. I had since denied I became an anti-intellectual <laughs> you
0: gotta <laughs> go one. Both, yeah swing from one end to the other um
1: yeah oh, yeah anyways I'm sorry I don't really
0: like to talk about myself
1: <laughs> in like the wine stuff because it's like whoa look I mean what can I say I mean wine is just part of my work and my me are the same thing yeah so it's not like, you know, <laughs> this, this
0: coat I wear or, right. I don't know. Yeah. You are one. No, I, I think that makes sense. It's hard to disentangle the things that are part of you when it's um, one in the same. Um, what did you know at the time um, that you were going to be making wine or ha I mean, maybe this is also a funny question to ask cause it's, yeah, but you can tell me. Um, yeah. Did you have like yeah. looking back now, does that surprise
1: well, you or a lot of things made it the way I work the way it is it all converged to that medium I'll say of living and working uh, and, and uh, responding to life uh, that I see and hear and smell like I could see how it converged into working in that way but you know by education I wouldn't have guessed it mm-hmm. you know I my first I had the typical colonial education you know but um, a First, I, my lifelong goal was to be a, a vet to wild animals that are rescued and uh, also a fine artist, and I wanted to
0: shoot poachers. <laughs> <laughs> Have you checked yeah. any of the boxes? we the 70s. <laughs> um, yeah, and
1: so I wanted to be a vet, like a big game vet, but not for zoos, but actually to uh, help protect these beautiful animals that are mm. wild uh, in places from us. So uh, that didn't pan out. So I, I my first degree was basically a, a liberal arts degree with a lot of anthropology and geography. Cool. And so I learned folk medicine, and I learned about curanderas. I learned about shaman. I learned about um, colonialism in the early '80s. Learned about a lot of things, and then you know, read great books and stuff like that. And then, and then I uh, wanted to study um, life. In another way. So I I took biochemistry and biophysics and I got a degree in that here in Oregon and even then I was, there was no way I was, I I think my track was hopefully to, this is so silly now, but I wanted to uh, go to um, regions like the Himalayas or Equatorial regions and learn from indigenous folks uh, about healing and somehow uh, center that kind of healing here in this culture which is you know it's it, it absolutely would not work for so many reasons and yeah. I know that okay so it's, 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 it's part of the journey
0: you, pardon part of the journey
1: it was a journey Personal and so journey. so I had all this stuff and you know and and when I finished that first degree I was already like I was in the doctoral program and but I j- was just about to start it and I broke my arm and I met someone and then we started planting vines and I was already drinking Oregon wine like since the late 80s when I moved here because it it was the labels were really cute and it's what I could afford in my double wide mobile home as a -hmm. student Mm -hmm. and um but uh I started drinking really you know higher a more stronger sense of place well well farmed pinots and that was in 94. And then in 97, I moved to a vineyard with mm-hmm. this guy. We had children. And so I started working in the vineyard, and it was beautiful there. And I didn't work that much, just a, a little bit, because I had two daughters, uh, very young. And then I managed a tasting room, and then uh, within three years of that, in 2000, I had my first winemaker job, and I just never looked back.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: So I don't have the story that, uh, you know, I inherited the long tradition of farming and winemaking down through my family. I I don't have, I'm not a landowner, so I don't own the vineyards. Um, And I get asked that question a lot. Like, you know, do you own your vineyards? Do you have an estate vineyard? And my answer is back to what I said initially about my relationship with money and Mm -hmm. ownership and, uh, I don't, I'm not sure why I stand on how much I need to own land or what land ownership means with regard to how well mm. something is farmed or made. I don't know about land ownership at all sometimes, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, but,
0: that's a really interesting point. I think people make assumptions about what ownership means, but that's not necessarily one and the same what ownership like what people assume ownership means might not be that at all actually
1: it might not i mean i don't own my daughters and i can tell you
0: that <laughs> yeah really- i don't own them
1: and they're not a re- they're not a reflection of me you know at all they're does that change how much energy and love i have for mm-hmm. those two no yeah. so I, I work with uh uh, farms now where we love each other and trust them more than I trust myself. Wow. You know, they live on their farms or farm. I mean, seriously, they, they, and this kind of collaboration that, and trust has been extremely beneficial to me and to the work and to them, you know, and yeah, I mean, if I could turn back the clock and, uh, maybe I could have, uh, and had some old vines uh somewhere just yeah i prefer to do the vineyard part now over the winemaking although i wouldn't want anyone else making wine but me from vines i farmed
0: yeah well, um, it, that makes sense uh
1: but there's so many things you know in this world that we know are suboptimal that that don't work but there are many ways to find love and to reroute and uh to work with what is you know um and that's kind of what i've done Mm -hmm. i've tried to find as much liberation and freedom as possible within the system that i can't personally overturn at this time Mm -hmm. to just kind of be a guerrilla love warrior then if if you know if it (laughs) do you you understand what i'm saying of course yeah yeah
0: i think i'm not yeah and
1: i'm i know it's just these are kind of abstract things but i prefer talking about ideas if if i'm allowed
0: to yeah of course you are um no this yeah of course it makes sense and um one thing i keep coming back well this is probably going to be somewhat of a irking question but one thing i wanted that one thing that you said that i want to come back to is you said you prefer not to use the the label "natural wine," um, and I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more. Right, it's it's not. I'm not against it, and it's just not.
1: It's just it's it's a label, mm-hmm. just to me, and um, it's something that I've seen that label has arisen long into my what I my work that I'm doing now and it's not a label that Lafarge uses in burgundy for themselves and they've been doing biodynamic farming for a long time mm-hmm. i mean it's just i'm okay with other people saying about me but i don't announce myself as that and it's very hard to explain because I don't, I don't know you very well and I don't want to, um,
0: I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it because, um, well, see, I don't know if I should say it, if this is a leading question, but is it because it's like, um, kind of confining, um, or maybe communicate something differently than what you would wish perhaps, or it like limiting?
1: It depends on the person using the word, right? Yeah. Um, you know I do participate in natural wine events mm-hmm. or, or have and also I have a lot of people who are hardcore right. natural wine lovers like Owen mm-hmm. and um I'm with a couple or several natural wine importers uh overseas mm-hmm. and for instance um yeah um I just make my wine for people in bodies my audience is if you're in a body that that is for you mm-hmm. it's i don't have an audience i don't have it it's not necessarily all you know white male baby boomer collectors it's not uh you know everyone who is natural wine it's not it's just if you're in a body i'm that is that wine is for you and i i don't want to just pick this discreet world that my winery is in i don't operate like that and i never will like it's more about that than it is about natural wine itself
0: mm.
1: does that make sense yeah. like it's it it yeah my audience is anyone who's interested and takes pleasure and feels slightly less burdened by the human condition then my wine is for you
0: mm-hmm.
1: that yeah um so you know i think I just want to, yeah, I I think it's more about who I'm making wine for than it is about natural wine, per
0: se. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, And maybe this leads right into the next question, which is, and you've already talked about it, um, but, um, you know, how you would describe your winemaking ethos um, and growing, um, because you're very involved in the farming as well. Right. Uh, so first of
1: all, um, you know, my webpage, I wrote pretty much a very transparent, I probably need to update it. If you ever look at my webpage, it Mm -hmm. says uh, winemaking. I think that's what it says. (laughs) So my, okay. This is what I think about, uh, at least the Pinot Noir and Chardonnay and I can speak about the other things after that. But one way to look at it is that, um, I am, some people might look at fruit and vineyards coming into the winery doors as a blank canvas and they build the wine in the winery and they can make really great, delicious, well-knit wines that way. Um, I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying that's one way to do it. My way is the opposite of that. So my for, for what I do, I spend as much time as I can on the farms and become entrained to the vines. And I don't know how to define what that means. I can't tell you that, but it's just being near them. And in some cases doing um, some biodynamic sprays, but that's really for me to be entrained because these vineyards are already very healthy. Um, So my job is to respond to those places of country and have their, what they have to say, reach you in a way that's delicious.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, that means that I'm not imposing my ideas of an end goal of what that wine should be onto the fruit and on the wines. Does that mean I'm just sitting there and just letting it make itself? It absolutely, just, just, just like with children, it, that's absolutely not what, sometimes it takes tremendous work to hold space for something and not do shit at all, right? So there's part of that and knowing the timing of holding space and letting things form on their own, or, but you always have to be vigilant. I always have to be vigilant and just, even if it's not looking, tasting, it's not that kind of vigilance, it's, it's about my attention my my intention and my attention all the time on the wines so that if there need to be small corrections or small decisions, my timing is good. And the least that, uh, the least amount of action will need to be taken because I'm right there all the time. Mm-hmm. So this took many years to learn. I didn't, you can't just know how to do this. You can't just say, oh, well, I'm like, a really intuitive sensitive person so I just can go right in and do this this took a lot a lot a lot of training and you know I learned a lot of things the other way first mm-hmm. which is very helpful mm-hmm. some and you know, now sometimes and the reason why I'm really transparent on my webpage is because sometimes things don't work out perfectly every year it doesn't mean you're a shitty winemaker or you're farming in a horrible Uh, immoral way sometimes like in all parts of life shit happens and sometimes you have to make corrections that you know are more than just what i said so that's why i say like if it's a really really hot year and you know the wine is gonna go be spoiled and it needs help i'm not you know i'm not this christian scientist where it says well the gods and goddesses will take care of the wine. I, I'm thinking, right. So here you go. Cause my thinking's good and I didn't do anything. Well, I'm not going to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I will, I really feel like I'm in service of the, these places when I work. It's, it's not some ideal I have in my ego about what is right or wrong. As far as like the latest, mantras about wine Do you, mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah so so if if let's say another way to look at it is if you know classical music um it's like it's like the, the the these places are already written the music's already written and it's my job to hear the music and to play it the way it was intended
0: mm.
1: the winery that's another way to look at it another metaphor Um, so, and I try to have fun doing it too. Like, I don't take myself so seriously. I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. There's a lot of things I can really relax about. Like I don't do a lot of shit other winemakers do. I don't do numbers during harvest. I, I get into my, uh, fermenters personally. I play music really loudly, whatever I want to listen to. Like it could be, um, I like playing Mongolian throat music and hip hop. That's really dank <laughs>
0: and,
1: or just I don't know I'm really because I used to live in Texas I have an addiction to uh ranchera and mariachi mm. so I just whatever you know and classical music and whatever anything um, and just have a really good time and just being in this place of not thinking mm-hmm. while I make important decisions is what I enjoy doing the most these days um, just to you know, we, we are so mental about everything. You
0: know? <laughs> Don't you true. think? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, and it's misery making. Yeah, it is. You know, I, you know, I think that um,
1: think uh, uh, it's really, really important to have intelligence for problem solving. But, uh, you know, if we're not solving problems or using it to have fun or have a sense of humor, then just put that bitch away. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I hate to use my my... Younger daughter, who's in social justice, says that I can never say that word, mm. but I've heard her say it at other times. So I hope you understand it in this context that what I meant, uh, and it's um, so uh, I just had to qualify that use of that word. Uh, I don't mean it in a derogatory way towards women
0: yes. no no worries we're not gonna yeah. put you on the record or or anything um, yeah. no, they're, they're <laughs> or really put you on friendly. blast or they're, anything
1: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very aware of the language of social justice and, and stuff like that but I'm an old person and I'm reverent sometimes so sometimes I make mistakes
0: so <laughs> we all do um okay. how old are how old are your daughters by the way uh <laughs>
1: Uh, 94 and 97 <laughs> old souls sweet uh, No, <laughs> born in <laughs> uh, no but um about to be 24 and 26
0: wow yeah. do they help congrats. you out there mm-hmm. oh wow are you oh congrats thanks yeah yeah um or do they do your girls help you out on the farm
1: um
0: or in the winemaking
1: <laughs> their dad, process. Their dad's a vineyard manager and has vines, and uh they have helped him on the farm. Uh, my older daughter is not having it. Uh, they grew up with us It's not this romantic thing to them. Yeah. It's like, why their mom and dad are Bringing never to come to around, yeah. or why when they're with us, they're at work with us. Yeah. Like you know, like living things don't postpone the gratification that much. Like. <laughs> vines and wines don't just say oh well it's Christmas just take the day off or whatever you celebrate you know like you know what I mean so yeah. they I think my daughters they've seen enough it's not really romantic to them and my younger one can do a lot of work like Violet she um helps me a lot and uh she's taking a year off uh she's studying uh gender inequality gender equality at London School of Economics next year as a master's but oh. and uh yeah, she, she can do all that and she does. And she's really good. It's painful. She's painfully good at it, but there's no way I can tell. There's no way in hell she <laughs> should I <gotta> stick around. <laughs> yeah. And then my older daughter, she, they both have degrees in cult, cultural anthropology mm. and she's going in a different direction, uh, too. Uh, both of them are, uh, strong intersectional feminists and social justice, uh, warriors, Um, which I'm very, very happy and proud of,
0: yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I bet you are. That's really cool.
1: So, and then my granddaughter, she's about to turn five, and she was born right here in this house. Sweet,
0: midwives! Wow, all the women. I just, oh, um, yeah, yeah have a seven-month-old baby girl um, yeah she's regulations thanks. it's still so new <laughs> yeah it is it's crazy um could probably have a whole conversation about you know new motherhood that, and yeah, yeah the intensity of it but yeah um, so how, how was your birth what was it yeah was your, your and, birth experience
1: good?
0: yeah it was it was I mean it sounds so f- Trite and funny to say that like it wasn't like it was very intense. Like, how do you put words on an experience like that? You know, it's trans, yeah, it's transformational. Um, yeah, it kind of rocks you to your core. You know, um but I, yeah, I'm grateful. I had a good birth experience. Um, it got a little dicey towards the end, but you know, I feel like that's like everybody's story. It's like, you know, sure. your plans don't match reality whatsoever of course it's like why even make a plan um to give you this false sense of security maybe and then um yeah i but yeah we're we're all here you know that's what matters I'm so
1: happy <laughs> for you oh, it is thank a, you. the enormous oh. rite of passage that you're going through right now and you're still going through
0: it yeah it feels it's, like it it's just
1: it really is it's 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 a death and a birth for you
0: it's and really... uh
1: yeah yeah uh, well, thank you yeah there's, there's a lot going on um <laughs> indeed I'm I'm glad you told me I um oh. it's a very sacred space that you're in as a young mother um and th- I need to know that's good for me to know because it requires a little bit more uh gentleness
0: and um uh, yeah it's very special oh, well thank you I mean that level of intentionality um is quite remarkable I'd say like what you just said like holds a lot of I mean it holds a lot of knowing is what you know what you said and I feel very seen by that so thank you um yeah there's so much to be said in this space you know and to not be yeah Yeah. there's so much um but for the sake of the interview (laughs) this is about you not about me
1: (laughs) I mean, the work is the work, but yeah. in, in the end, it's, it's, it's about, uh, humanity. Right. And people. Yeah. And is. it's just, that's, that is just it. Truly. And, but, but I know you're trying to do something for your work mm-hmm. your work. So I need to also re- remind myself that I need to stay on topic.
0: For <laughs> no, It's all good. Um, yeah. no, this is all, I mean, this, that's the best thing about these things, right. Is like, um, not just the work, the the work, uh, but kind of connecting with, you know, we're humans, connecting on these different levels. Um, and this is a conversation we're having. Um, but I couldn't not I couldn't not inquire about your daughters. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I I read on your site about um biodynamic farming, and you've talked about it a mm-hmm. little bit too, and was wondering mm-hmm. if you could share a little bit more about some of the biodynamic farming practices you, I don't know, um, practice or, um, or if just anything you want to talk about in that, in that area, like, um, okay. like biodynamic so, farming. Um,
1: um, uh, and you know what biodynamic farming is obviously.
0: Yeah, a and little bit. Um, I know it's, it's really hard to define. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I know, yeah, you, you, Yeah. You describe it (laughs) for you. I'm absolutely uh, would be the worst
1: person to describe it (laughs) at this point. I've kind of moved through that. (laughs) And um, so from, I guess this is just anyone who's a. there are a million more people far more qualified than I am to to discuss anything about Biden farming, despite me having read all the books and been in a group and, Having, uh, you know, even read other Steiner books and despite things I've learned and done over the many years, I still con—I consider myself um, just at best a rogue, rogue practicing, slightly practicing biodynamic person now. Um, I've kind of taken that and some other things and kind of moved into my own space, <laughs> Uh <laughs> which has a lot more to do with intention and prayer, if you will, uh, or, um, and so for me, the, the BD 500, the horn manure and the stirring of the pot and wearing it on my back and spraying the soil several passes a year and the, the act of taking the horn silica and stirring the pot, putting it on my back and spraying it in the foliage. And, and the, the way I, make decisions by the moon, all that, you know, that's part of what biodynamic farming is. But the whole picture of a biodynamic farm is not, I don't do that. So it's a biodynamic farm is is a farm that is so in balance and in harmony harmony that it's self-regulating and no materials need to come in or out for it to sustain itself. And uh, there are certain uh, herbs, that are potentized uh in certain ways uh, and it's and, and it's working with forces not with inputs These mm-hmm. thing and uh and it's in alignment with uh the stars too and the moon and planets that aside i've studied astrology my whole life so and a lot of eastern thought mm-hmm. and uh, starting in high school especially i was introduced to um uh, religions and thoughts from all over the world. And I studied China and India for a year also. So the Bhagavad Gita affected me a lot. And and then I took um, some really hard Buddhism classes as electives in my first degree. And I studied many things. And so, and also having studied physics for a few years and including quantum physics, all of it comes together. <laughs> in that intention can affect probabilities. So I know f- from my personal spiritual life and from physics and other things that you can affect outcomes with intentions. Mm. It's true. Um, so when, when I do things, it's more like that. You know, at, at Marsh, vineyard i when i first was really heavily into it i did everything you know i got the 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 compost and made it myself got permission from jim marsh senior to do it and you know uh it was a little bit of saviorism
0: Mm.
1: okay so here's someone who planted these vines with his wife in 1970 lives there and has farmed it beautifully then i come along and i say let me improve it with biodynamic farming (laughs) right mm-hmm. so he let me because we love each other and and so when I was digging up the soil between the vines all these earthworms came out all this life I mean seriously if if I had the vision for it I would have seen silver thread magic coming out of there but I, I couldn't see with my eyes but it, I would have if I could have so I just stopped and I went back to him and I said Jim thank you so much for letting me see for myself and holding space for me i said your farm doesn't need anything i need your farm mm-hmm. and so when i go to marsh to work it's so that i'm the one who's being healed not the other way around right because not all farms are chemical dependent you know not all of them you know so there's so many things i could say in this conversation i think that um i didn't Biodynamic farming is great. I think permaculture is great. Organics, great. If I had my way, you know, in this other world that that can't exist right now, I would have vines that were goblet trained without any training. Hmm. They grow amidst fruit trees and other flowers and vegetables and herbs like that in a mixed farm like that and, and, and impact the earth much, much, much less than even the best biodynamic farming does today.
0: Mm.
1: But I can't go and do that and change the world like that. You know, so I'm working and, you know, it's sometimes it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's, you know, we didn't, you and I, or I didn't personally create this type of farming. So I'm trying to do the, the best, that I can with what there is. And I feel really good about it. I've accepted that, you know, things come into balance on their own, in their own way with love and true caring. Mm -hmm. And these vines have, they don't need anything. Yes, they're all in rows and they're positioned with vertical shoot positioning and they could require many passes by hand to, to work. So they're very dependent on human touch. And it creates this whole thing and I get all that, but it's working. It's making beautiful fruit. It's loved. You know, sometimes you have to meet things where they are and those vines met us where we are.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really beautiful.
1: Okay. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. I just have been thinking about a lot of things lately and I've, I don't know. I have a lot of Neptune things happening right now. <laughs> it's hard to talk even. Uh,
0: I don't know that's... if you know much
1: about uh, stars or whatnot, but...
0: Not a lot, but maybe yeah. that's... Maybe I'm experiencing the same thing with Neptune. But maybe that's also just life. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, you, there's, it, those things are really, to me, uh, not something for divination, but they're just another story. Stories. That's what they are, mm-hmm. and uh, stories are gold. Mm-hmm.
0: It
1: doesn't mean that it's literally that thing. It doesn't matter. It's what's running through the story that matters.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So, so that's just another story. That doesn't mean it's not real. It's just not literal.
0: Yeah. Um. So, um, I want to ask you a couple more questions. Um, I want to ask you about maybe your next vintage or your upcoming vintage. In light of everything that happened in this crazy (laughs) last year, I'm sure, yeah, you could say a lot about (laughs) this last year, but yeah, can you tell us about your next vintage or this coming, this one that's coming up?
1: Well... (laughs) Like, <laughs> you know, I I just am looking forward to having fruit. <laughs> um, you know, I had some uh, wildfire. And on top of everything else, the wildfire impact was a right. large little winery. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it was on other wineries, but I'm just speaking for my own winery. I'm not the spokesperson for the Paloma Valley. Um, you know, I took a huge loss and, you know, Again, what surfaced from all of that for me was just how strong my net has become with the people who are farming and myself and also the people I'm selling to. And I feel like I I had a much softer landing because of these relationships. Uh, and I see things so differently now, how important it is to have connection and to mm-hmm. have... Uh, tr- trusting relationships mm-hmm. around you, so that no one falls. So I didn't let my people fall, and my people didn't let me fall. We're all going to take hits, but no one really fell. Wow. And I learned a big, big thing about a lot of things this year. So, 2021, I I was so excited about this finish that I already started putting stuff on one of the vineyards after harvest last year. I didn't even wait till this year. I was like putting BD 500 on those, that soil. I couldn't wait. It's like, I was already looking forward to this year, last year. (laughs) As soon as I was done, you know, with the wine part, I was in the vineyard. So, and as soon as this balling's over uh, next week, I'm going to be in the vineyards. like no one's business. And am I going to be doing that much? No. I mean, bud breaks around April 15th. It's just being in the vines and putting sprays on, but just being around them and just being in their midst and, uh, and then I'll probably this year have time to do shoot thinning, which I did not have, could not do last year. So at March, I'll probably do some shoot thinning, which I love doing That mean And it takes forever. So, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what it brings. You know, I'm hoping that, uh, it's safer for everyone starting this summer, fall, you know, knock on wood and
0: yeah.
1: that people will start to recover mm-hmm. economically, you know, I'm not even thinking about myself right now. I just mean people.
0: Yeah. The world, the world. Yeah. Have. And yeah,
1: you know, I try not to put too much expectation into something like the vintage. Mm-hmm. I already know whatever happens is gonna happen. And I just need to be prepared to respond.
0: Yeah, well that I mean that sense of um release must yeah, it I think that's a lesson we could all learn is release and um that we're really we're truly not in control, you know. Um we let's are. not create misery for ourselves by pretending that we are. Um but yeah. We have
1: a lot of magical thinking from our extended uh, infantile uh, uh, how how we are raised in this culture. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We, I think that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with magical thinking, but we think. But you know how children think it's their fault, no matter what happens outside them, Mm -hmm. like that they did it. Released, uh, you touched on something so important. Uh, it's only by, for me, release has been a huge part of my work. Um, I go through this every year. I've been doing this a long time. I have to let it go every year. I have to. If I don't, then I'm not responding to the moment. You know, the only thing we have right now is right here, right now. This is eternity right now. Hmm. Even the idea of linear time is, is, is not correct. Hmm. We've been trained to think of time in lines, uh, but that, that is based on a principle in physics assuming a closed system. But life in the universe is an open system, so time is not in a line. And just that principle alone is why we're so fearful and anxious about the future. Mm. Things are being created again and again and again, over and over again, all the time. Because we we need to release ourselves from all this. It 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 uh, it's not true. I don't know how to explain it better than that. It's, <laughs> it's the shit I'm going through right now. But it's stuff I've been working on my whole life.
0: Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I think it's something that we can all really, yeah. Just I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what to say, but. Other than it's it's hard to describe the these ideas sometimes. Um, yes. When we you've been like you said trained in a different f- school of thought, um, perhaps, and you don't even know it. Um, it's okay to you can
1: operate uh, in the system and with this way of thinking, while at the same time knowing your higher self and that the, that you are choosing to operate in that system, but that there's another system that's. Deeper and -hmm. bigger and not so individual and lonely.
0: Right.
1: It's, it's, you know, it's both. You can do both at the same time, but it takes time.
0: Well, I would venture to say, I mean, that that's very present in the wines, in your wines. I mean, I I taste something special there. And if that's even possible, if you even can um, access that through... I mean, yeah, I think you can through food, through creation, through yes. art, um, yeah. and so. any you, I think you already know this, but I can taste it uh, in your wines. Well, I'm so
1: glad. <laughs> I, you know, but just so you know, I didn't do that. <laughs> I just brought it to you.
0: Yeah. So, well, and that's, that's the beautiful yeah. thing is that 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 na- that relationship between, um, you know, the the vineyards and the grapes and you as a steward of bringing that forward um you know you all work together um so thank you for you for being a part of that um and um this question we like to ask everyone and I think you've already answered it in many ways but um this idea of kinship um is something that I think about a lot I feel like it's a word that's Maybe kind of lost, or maybe the true meaning of kinship. Um, what does that even mean? Um, and for us in, in our business, it's something that we seek to. Yeah, it's just like it's so much more than food. It's not just food. It's what you know all these interconnections to food and um places and time and humans and animals and um this yeah an infinite amount of intersections that make food um so much more than what it is um and anyways um you know we were curious you know in the context of wine um you know what does what does that idea of kinship um mean to you um for for wine and making wine growing grapes and Um, how is it served as a connector for you, if that makes any sense.
1: It does make total sense. And I think you, your answer, what you just described is very much in alignment with what, how I think of kinship. Um, I'm just going to add to those things that you just said about your (laughs) kinship. I'm going to add, uh, the stars, the moon, the songbirds, the sea air, um, insects um i don't know rocks yes rocks lots of rocks trees i'm a tree person i'm, I'm gonna add the whole thing every drop mm-hmm. to me is a and so my teeny tiny role in that huge web is to bring all of those patterns and maybe the pattern because the pattern is in all patterns in these places of country to human beings so they can experience it in that way too whether it's conscious or not it doesn't even matter it just doesn't even matter if something registers here Mm -hmm. it doesn't in fact it's better if it doesn't um i don't know how to those things into words very much but I do think about it Mm. I definitely have intention with my work
0: but
1: it's uh it's kind of nameless and wordless because it has so much to do with nameless and wordless things Mm. and uh (laughs) but you know as a business as a business um there's an ethos at my winery of having kinship relationships with every person involved. Mm -hmm. So every, you know, this means the person who delivers my compressed gas, I have his mobile number. Mm -hmm. This means that I've known him for over 10 years. His name is Dan. (laughs) (laughs) And I like him to roll the nitrogen canisters uh, two at a time. He uses his feet. He, mm. he does duck feet and he rolls them. And I think it's the coolest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and so he, since over the years, gotten this um, uh, dolly that you can take two at a time. And I go, Oh, Dan, can you, did you stop doing it? And so I know for me, he doesn't use the hand card anymore. He just does the, and he's really shy. I swear <laughs> over these years, we've had maybe one paragraph exchanged. He, he does a talk but it's these these things all the time I feel so happy because I have these relationships with everyone involved like uh like where my wines are stored I you know these people I've I've known the manager there since 2000 and it's a monastery and you know all the way to restaurants that I call on and even you know or Japan, where my wines are. I, one of my biggest teachers in life is Masaki Sugahara, and that kinship is—you know what I mean. So there's all kinds of kinship, um, and and the water in the wine is what mm-hmm. does it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah. It, uh, but that's the best way I can explain it in the moment. Yeah. But I'll probably change, you know, I could sit here and refine that and make it more incisive, but that's just what's coming out of me at the moment. So, that's
0: great. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah, I just feel very honored to be in your presence and to hear your story and your path, um, which is, you know, not a path, but this like web, I guess. Um, and yeah. isn't it for all of us? Um, it's funny that we ask it in that way. Um, but you knew what I meant. <laughs> yeah, um, I did. Yeah, and yeah, just really, yeah, just grateful for your time and the opportunity to meet you and speak with you. And I hope one day maybe that I can come meet you and see where it comes from and um, share a glass of wine. Um, I would love
1: that. I would love that. And you should bring your daughter too. I will,
0: yeah. And she'd. Love
1: um, also, uh, do you like grower champagne?
0: Um, yes, I do. Yeah, cause usually I, I
1: often pour other wines when people come to visit. I pour my own, I, you know, that's fine. But I'm just seeing what you like. What, <laughs> what do you like? Do you, I mean...
0: I mean, you know. if I'm honest, um, champagne isn't my favorite, but I know it's everybody. Everybody loves champagne. Um, I just, I love, I love, like, table. I love table wine, you know, I just, I love humble, um, easy wine, that's just what it is. Um, It's what I like, nothing, Um, yeah, nothing. You like wholesome wine. I do, yeah. Is there
1: anything to apologize for that? I think not. (laughs) I'm always looking for some wholesome, delicious wine. Believe me, I pour out a lot of wine, a lot of champagne's crap. Just so you know, yeah. it's champagne doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. No, no, no. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of crap out there and you no, know, just one of the best wines I ever. And oh, there's so many experiences like this, but one time I was staying on this organic farm in Crete with my younger daughter. It was mm-hmm. a few years ago. And he found out I was a winemaker. So he does this deal where he sells herbs to the na- this friend of his down the road who had an organic vineyard and made wine, but not commercially. So in exchange for his herbs and farming stuff, he got wine. So he poured out of the spigot, I guess, in his his house uh, into these soda bottles, these one liter plastic soda bottles, the darkest red wine I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. it looked like ink from an octopus. And he was so excited to give them to me. And finally, I like, okay, so it's an empty soda bottle. and it was really hot so we put it put that red stuff in the fridge and, and thought you know chilling it might help so we poured that stuff uh maybe it was the next day oh my god it was so good oh, wow. I don't even I didn't even ask what it was what vintage it was I didn't care it wasn't important to know that but it was so damn good you would have loved that wine <laughs> I felt like we were just going, damn, like, that was
0: so good. Yeah, that's yeah. the best, you know, just humble, yeah, hu- yeah wine um, yeah. made with intention, and just easy, e- yeah, e- easy, and um, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't fully c- capture it, but um, yeah, but I, I think I would have exactly liked that wine, percent. too. Mm-hmm.
1: There's too few of those, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You a lot more of those kinds of wines. Yeah. And I... You know i try to make uh some wines you know the ones that aren't wines of of high relief place i obviously i make wines that aren't wines of place like the nerthus i mean that's not going to say oh i know that exact place in the you know oregon where that tastes like it's not true but uh it i want it to be like that like a wine you have at the table it's delicious it's charming and it's it's just, you know, it's just a joy bringer, you know, mm-hmm. like, but nothing to like where you it's just like, not everything has to be so transcendental all the time. Mm. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's exhausting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do I love, love
0: the Nerthus though. You're yeah, it's beautiful. It's Thank really you. gorgeous. And I do want to ask you too, who does your labels? They're just, they're stunning.
1: Thank you. Um, my younger daughter
0: Violet. Wow, she yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Does she do them all? Most uh, them?
1: yeah, except for the earwig one, which you probably don't buy that one. The expensive ones, the white label with the black earwigs, yeah. She didn't do. Them. Okay. So when you see the white label, that means it's a, it's a place wine. Okay. Really, that place. You know, no other place like that place, but all the rest are are the, well wholesome table wines. Yeah. So she comes all those labels, like the Pinot Gris labels, the Nerthas that she did. um,
0: The Mirabai?
1: Mirabai. And um, yeah, I was thinking Arani, but you didn't have that wine, I don't think. Mm -mm. And I thought making it in 2017. And then this new one, the Willamette Blanc that I'm bottling next week, she drew it. It's a really beautiful um, white, not corny Phoenix, like, she goes, Mom, you have to be really careful with phoenixes. Really- <laughs> and so she made it almost like, almost, it almost looks like an eagle, kind of. Cool. But
0: I'm anyway. excited it's to see Instagram. it. Cool. I'll check it out. She's talented. Yeah. It's so beautiful and very striking. Um, great. Well, thank you yeah. so much for your time. Is there anything else you want to share before we head off? Um, so great to meet you virtually and
1: uh, yeah you're just someone that I would just love to have talks with and I'd love to know more about where you're coming from in life and stuff like that I know you have limited time because of your work and your your baby girl but um (laughs) yeah but I'm really curious about you and I'm, I'm hoping that one day you know you can come visit
0: I would love that yeah, yeah, let's do it again. Let's continue the conversation and yeah. we'd love, yeah. yeah, one day to come down. Um, hopefully the time yeah. is near. You know, I'm feeling hopeful. Um Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it, you know, even if it's outside, like at Marsh Vineyard or something like that, then
0: That sounds amazing. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Well All right, um,
0: thank you so much. Yes, and thank you. Yeah. Um yeah. just a pleasure to meet you. Um and Same. Yeah. See you next time. Yep. Next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.